Live from the Youth Today studio at Kennesaw State University, you're listening to Watch Dogs Radio. Watch Dogs Radio is a production of the Watch Dogs program of the National Center for Fathering. For more information, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. Also brought to you in cooperation with Youth Today. Youth Today is a publication of the Center for Sustained Journalism at Kennesaw State University. If you want to know what's going on with Youth Today, go to youthtoday.org. Well, I want to welcome everyone uh, that's tuning in live to hear our little blog cast radio show we do with Watchdogs here every week. Today is October 22nd, 2013. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving, so be sure and get your Snickers, but don't get them too soon because you'll end up having to go back for more like we do at our house. And so I want to introduce uh, my co-host, uh, partner in crime, friend, Chris Dannenhauer, our senior program developer. How's it going today, Chris? Things are going good, Eric. Uh, real yeah. good, matter of fact. Right. You know, it's a, it's a Tuesday, it's conference call day, plus blog talk radio, so just a, a good day and all. That's right, and, and you're running the boards today, Keith uh, Shoemaker, our uh, our national coordinator who does a lot of trainings, and, and really this is the brainchild of his, and he partnered up with Kennesaw State. Of course, we worked on that uh, to make that happen, and, and he's really the guy behind this radio thing. But in addition to be a trainer, being a trainer for watchdogs, Keith is a 20-year veteran of the Atlanta Fire Department. So uh, uh, he doesn't call, make us call him captain, but that's what the people that work with him call him. So um, Keith has got his other job that's taking him away today, and uh, I, we trust that we'll have a, a great show, and hopefully he'll he'll dial in and join us at some point. But I just want to tell the viewers or listeners rather today that uh, we've had a, a tremendous fall already. I mean, the schools started back, uh, most of them, you know, in the middle of August, certainly by the end of August, all the schools were back in session. The watchdog growth is phenomenal. As you all probably know, we're already in 46 states and continuing to grow. I think we've got Alaska scheduled to launch sometime this fall. Is that right, Chris? Uh, yes, uh, Alaska should be coming up, uh, I want to say by mid-November, we'll be in 47 states. Okay, now I know you know this. Which three are we not in yet? Uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island are the three okay, we're not. So and uh, If anybody knows I believe somebody in, in Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, have them give us a call because we can't, we can't seem to crack that yet, but we'll be there. Oh, we will, and it's exciting to know that you know China is looking to bring on their second school, and uh, that's right. Shanghai. You know, we have uh, unlimited possibilities in Canada that we're working with. Plus, you know, we've been hearing from Australia, so know. Uh, you know, exciting times here. Well, it just proves that dads are dads, uh, no matter where they are. Uh, and and like I say, when I talk to a group of dads, I, I don't know anything about you guys except uh, if I don't know anything about you, I do know this. Uh, you have at least one child somewhere that you love, that you care about, that you sacrifice for, that you worry about, that you spend money you don't have on, that you would do anything for, and that is enough to build uh, an amazing organization on. And so that's what's happening with Watchdogs. Currently we have 3,189 active schools, and, and that's wonderful, but there's another 749 schools that are in the process of launching this fall for the very first time. So 
you know, we're just so excited. But what I really want to do today, we're extremely excited. We've had some wonderful guests. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have some great guests that agreed to be on this radio show. And uh, today is certainly no exception. We have a gentleman that I met, actually, I think in 2009. And it was in Atlanta, and we were at a, an Emerging Minority Leadership Conference. And uh, Dr. Uh, Sroka did a keynote there and just blew everybody's socks off. He's just so tuned in to, to so much that's going on with our kids and in school. Uh, Dr. Stephen Sroka is an internationally recognized motivational speaker. He's a trainer. He's an author. He's a teacher. He's a professor. He's a consultant. Uh, many times he'll represent uh, uh, at At Youth Risk and educational uh, uh, conferences. He talks about dropout prevention, brain-based education, teaching to the whole child, uh, character education, school safety, parenting. We could do the next five shows uh, with Dr. Shroka, but we're lucky enough to have him today for about the next 25 minutes. So please, I want to welcome Dr. Shroka. Welcome to the show. Keith, it's uh, it's great to be here, but I got tired after that uh, that, that introduction there, <laughs> <laughs> and I only read part of it. <laughs> so, welcome today, and we're so glad you're taking the time. Now, I know you travel a lot and speak a lot, and and you're based in Ohio. Is that is that right? That, that's correct. I mean, and are uh, you on the road today? I know you were with our Keith Shoemaker last week in yeah, uh, Las Vegas. I got to tell you, Keith, uh, he kicked it, as the kids would say. Or, you know, he did an excellent presentation there, and he, he did you all proud there and got a lot of people excited. Well, that's great. Well, you know, we, you and I had a, a little bit of time to speak beforehand, you know, about what we would talk about today. And I know that you had some things you wanted to discuss, and I want to give you the opportunity to just take us down, um, you know, whatever's in your heart today will take us down that path. But I know you really expressed that, just with you know recent um, developments, the shooting yesterday in the school that you really felt like we needed to spend some time on that, and I agree wholeheartedly. That's something that um, is important to all of us. Uh, you know, it was a school shooting in 1998 that really uh, inspired uh, Jim Moore to reach out to a few dads to create the Watchdogs program. So um, it's always on the forefront of our mind, and we know that you know parents and educators working together can make a difference in that. So what what are your thoughts on that what, as you kind of deconstruct the events yesterday and of the last year? Well, first of all, um, I just think that uh, – um, first of all, I'm just blown away with this violence stuff because I've been doing it for so long. But I just got to say that working with groups like like you, Eric, putting parents into the schools, that's – that's one of the most important things we can do. We, we have, that's got to be the biggest takeaway message today is parents in schools make a huge difference. We don't have enough parents in schools. But, uh, oh, beyond that, um, you know, the violence thing, it just, you know, it's like you wake up and you go, when will this end? I, I recently wrote an article, which is available to everyone, if they go to my website or to your organization. Yeah, give called, us that website. Go ahead. The uh, website is just my name. It's drstephensaroka.com, and that's just D-R-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-R-O-K-A.com. And, uh, and Eric, I've written a lot of bunch, a lot of articles, and I've written a lot of books. But uh, what I do now is write articles, and I keep the copyright. So I'm telling you right now, anybody who goes to my website, any article they want, you can take it off and put it in your publication, and send it to your friends. But I, I wrote an article just a while ago called uh, "School Safety Lessons Learned from Cleveland to Newtown." It, it's on my website. It's been, it's been, it's actually it's been received very well all over the world. I get requests from outside the states too. 
But one of the points I wanted to make here, Keith, uh, Eric, is that I think that I might call you Keith because that's I've okay. He's a good man. Keith I like that. That's good. But, you uh, mistake me for him. You're okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what happened is that for many of us that work in the urban areas, um, you know, we were burying kids way before 1999, and you right. know, it, it took. And this is a very sensitive but important point to make out uh, for people of color. And I've worked in the inner cities and grew up black. Um, you know, it, it took white kids in the suburbs before we said that we said we had a crisis with violence in the schools. And right. in fact, we, you know, we, I was burying kids 30, 40 years ago in the Cleveland system. So that's an important issue. But and our point is that hey, any kid who dies anywhere is really that's very, very, very. It's very serious, and and that's what we think. Every child, no matter who you are, is important. So. I got to get that off my chest because that's coming from the city, and, and sometimes we, you know, we we, we just we we see, we see that little bias out there that white rich kids die, catastrophe, poor kids die, people don't hear about it. And that you know, and and I'll I'll second that. I mean, I I, I have seen that, and and shame on the media, and 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 shame on those that have that have bought into that. And every single life, every one of these children, uh, young adults. Uh, they they deserve the right uh, and the ability to grow up uh, to have the opportunity to be successful, of course. But you know they they should be able to go to school without being worried, um, you know whether or not that's a safe environment. And so let me ask you this, because you and I know you're going a direction with this, but back up just a minute on the urban areas because. You know, I've had the opportunity just in a short period of time. I've only been working full time with watchdogs for about the last five and a half years, but just this last year or this year, this last summer, I participated with National PTA in their uh, urban development initiative, Train the Trainer, and went with the half a dozen cities into urban environments and, and really spoke to the stakeholders there, the parents, the educators, about, you know, connecting to the system. It was very educational for me. It really opened my eyes. We brought the watchdog program in and, and showed them, you know, how it worked, but what are the what are the special challenges in the urban areas uh, that you see that people need to be aware of when they're talking about engaging parents in education? I think there's a there's a lot of issues there, but one of the greatest is is poverty, and the mere fact that if you live in poverty and you're concerned about just staying alive every day, sometimes you you know your the choices you make differ a little bit. The one point I really want to make here, Eric, and I, and I think you would back me up, is these these fathers in the city. They love their kids. They'll do anything for their kids. Absolutely. Fathers are fathers anywhere, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but a lot of times, other issues get in in the way of that. And uh, and but but I think being culturally sensitive, uh, being aware, a very simple thing, just like for kids working with their or parents working with their kids is don't assume you know what their problems are. Don't assume why they can't get to do what you'd like to do. Ask them, and oftentimes they'll tell you. And, and the beauty of that is you, when you become involved with them, uh, that's how you get a success. When you get involved and people take ownership, then you, you know this. <laughs> you, you do it, you know. But the, that whole idea of getting people involved and, and working with them so that they feel this is their program, that's, that's how, you, how right. you make success. But I, I think right now, um, when I go out to speak, no matter where I speak, I often use the, the, the key words like trying to raise our kids to keep them safe and healthy uh, so they can learn more and live better in a toxic society. Yeah. And today, it's a very toxic society. I mean, could you imagine waking up today and, you know, and your dad, as a dad, you walk out and your kids just, I mean, even though you didn't talk to them about it and you turned off the television, but they come home saying, hey, dad, 
some kids were killed out in, out, in, out in the middle school. What happened there? Why do they do stuff like this? You know, what's going on, Dad? What's going on with the world? Right. And some people would say these are, this is really difficult to raise a child. It is. I, I'm, I'm convinced it's much harder to grow up today than it was when we grew up a long time ago. But the way I look at this, Eric, like you, because I know you, you're a positive dude and I'm a positive dude, we look at this as a teachable, talkable moment to make a difference in this world. And right. that's why... Dogs programs are so huge. Putting parents there, right in, right in the education process in the school, incredibly, incredibly important. But I, I think there's, um, there's a lot of good messages that can come out of a bad situation. And, uh, and, I, and I just, I was thinking about the article and just thinking, talking to parents. You know, the first one that parents have to realize is they got to overcome the denial. I mean, you heard it just like out in Springs, where the mayor says, "I can't believe this could happen out here." No one can believe it can happen anywhere. You know, right. So the first one is you just have to get over the denial. You have to become aware of things, and then you have to become educated so you can prevent. And that's what I think is so interesting and powerful about parents being in school because they can sense the school. They know what's going on. They have teachable, talkable moments with their kids all the time. But um, today I taught the parents, and they just say, what are we going to do? And I, and I always say, you've got to be pre- prepared, not scared. So if you sit down, and this is what parents can do as well, sit down and talk to your school. Talk about what they're going to do in an emergency. Talk about what the family can do. You know, if you often talk with the police and firemen like Keith, what are we going to do if there's a problem? You realize that once you're prepared, you're not so scared, and it's no guarantee that it's not going to happen, but if it does, we know what we're going to do. To me, Eric, right now, when I, when I go out, to, and I go out, I bury kids, I go out after crises. The saddest thing to me is when there's a crisis and you have all these parents running around and screaming and trying to figure out what's going on because they really weren't prepared on who to call, how to contact, where to go if there is a crisis. So I think the idea of getting parents involved with school safety is probably one of the most important elements of any school program anywhere. And in times like Reno and in times like the tornadoes, um, all of these things should be a wake-up call for parents who haven't made those plans to sit down and talk with their kids how, what is our emergency plan going to be if there is a tornado, if there is a school shooting, if, the, if our house catches on fire? So I think all these, like, sad situations really are a call, for, a call to action for parents to make sure their kids will feel good and the best they can in case there is a crisis. Well, and that makes so much sense. And, I mean, I, I'm just, there's so much going through my head that I want to ask you that, because I'm learning as I, as, as, I, as I listen to you. But, you know, one of the things that you said that really triggered something uh, was in the urban areas about, uh, you know, to, to get over the denial, to, you know, to be aware of what's going on. And that's in all schools and, and to be educated on what's going on. And don't assume that you know, um, you know, the barriers for some, you know, body participating at school. Uh, and, and so you think about, I've seen, I've seen educators that whenever they brought a program, you know, brought watchdogs in or, or reached out to the males uh, specifically, how overwhelmed they were when these guys actually showed up. And, and you just said, Eric, you know, you know, these guys love their kids and they want to be there. So there's that, that assumption on the educator's part, well, these guys don't want to be here because they're not here. And on the other hand, there's the assumption on the dad's part, well, that's not, they're not male-friendly. They haven't invited me in specifically, and when I go, they make me feel very unwelcome. So, you know, taking that action of actually trying to break down those uh, stereotypes on both sides is a, is a big, big thing, but we've seen these guys show up. 
I, some, the Memphis School District is, is a school district that has got uh, like 30-some-odd watchdog programs. They've been doing this uh, almost the second year that we started. They've been doing it. And I had some guys share some stuff with me that really kind of opened my eyes because it said so much takes place outside of the school day. And these dads that came into the watchdog uh, program knew some of the guys out in the neighborhood that were, you know, might be prone to causing trouble in the school. And so they sent the word out through their community, um, you know, school is a sacred ground now. And they really felt like that because they were there and because they were engaged. And, you know, some of these kids or older, younger, you know, adults that were coming on the school grounds and potentially causing trouble, they knew from the men in the community this is a place you stay away from. And so, um, anyway, so much of that just really struck me when you said that of how that really works to get the parents involved and, and to be prepared and not scared. That's so right to the point. Uh, that's great, great stuff. Hey, Eric, we're going to take a, a small break. You know, we do have a caller that has not called in to talk to Dr. Soroka. And okay, his name is Keith time. Shoemaker. We'll, uh, we'll take a hey break Dad, from here from Keith. Have you ever wanted to know what my day at school is really like? Well, now you can find out. You can be a watchdog for a day at my school. Dogs stand for Dad's great students. Watchdogs are great. They greet me and my friends at the door in the morning, to spend time with us in our classroom, at lunch, at recess, and at the end of the day. They make sure we get home safe. I know my education is important to you, and I would be so proud if you could come. Ken's dad has already volunteered, and he is coming back again soon. You can get a Watchdog t-shirt. All you have to do is call my school to find out more. I love you, Dad. For more information on the Watchdogs program, visit them online at fathers.com slash watchdogs. And we're back, and thank you everybody that's tuning in to listen to us live today and and later on hopefully in a podcast today we have uh dr steven Stroka, who's a phd he's currently the president of health education consultants and he's an adjunct professor assistant professor at the school of medicine at case western uh, reserve university so welcome back dr Stroka. it's good to be back and we have uh the guy that's really supposed to be doing this today you can tell you're stuck with you know uh, the, the the second team here because the real professional just dialed in. You all know Keith Shoemaker. How's it going, Keith? Oh, it's going great. Yeah, I'm slacked off today, so uh, <laughs> yeah, just just thought I'd let you guys see if you could handle it. And and of course, uh, the one thing we've seen is every time you guys handle it, and I'm not on the show, the downloads, the podcast downloads are about double. So I don't know what that tells me, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, well, I've. Well, I hope you've been listening to uh, Dr. Sroka, but I know you've got some things I think you probably want to ask, so I'm going to—I'll uh, I'll stand back. Well, actually, I—I I really just uh, had a chance to dial in, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm so glad. And, and first of all, uh, thank you, Dr. Sroka, for joining us today. And, and it has been such a pleasure working with you in, in the past, and uh, and to listen to you speak. Um, it really kind of uh, blown away with the with your experiences and the history. Uh, that that you have and share with us. So I just I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on Watchdogs Radio. Hey Keith, anything for you, my buddy? <laughs> I want to get back to something here because uh, right before we had the break, and 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 you you had said several things. I was taking notes on here that really I think just struck to the the core of of kind of what we're facing today. You know, and you mentioned in your your comments that you know it, it was. 
it's a more dangerous time or a more difficult time than it was, you know, when we were in school. But I can remember back, you know, back in the dark ages when I was in school that, I mean, I grew up in Arkansas. And so, number one, there were plenty of guns available. There were guns in almost every house. <laughs> they were for hunting. They were for sporting. But they were also for home protection. But, you know, guns were readily available. And also, you know, there were uh, differences between rival schools and, and kids within a school, you know, and, and differences with teachers and those type of things. But normally it would result in, you know, a couple of guys getting out in the middle of the field and giving each other a fat lip, and then you're, you know, your best buddies next week. So mm-hmm. what do you think, if this is not too much of a question, but what do you think has changed? Why are kids willing to pick up a gun and go, address something so minor uh and well there's no excuse for picking up a gun and taking them but i mean these are such low-level incidents they just don't seem to be equipped what's what's happened we keep that or keep that eric that's that's such a heavy heavy question i think it's everything and it's nothing um here's why i say that i travel the country and in the urban areas they always turn in you know turn in all your guns uh turn on a light at night turn off a thief you know turn your guns and no one needs a gun you go out to the western states like wyoming everybody has a gun you got to have a gun you live out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen you never put a light on because you're on the side of a mountain and you want people to see where you are when you're sleeping so things are different in different places but today here's how i see it i see it different than other people do i guess i i think most kids and this is why working with with the watchdog so cool i think kids in order to make it today they and this is this is really this is heavy psychology but i'm going to break it down in a in a, in a way that you can kind of kick it with a flavor it's like they're called protective factors but i call them the three f's i think all kids need to make it today a family uh whether or not it's biological but a family that will love them and care for them and take care of them a, a family is huge and a lot of times i don't have to tell you i'm sure some of your watchdog dad, dads <laughs> become part of family for for some other kids too and experience right. The second F every kid needs is they need friends, and they need friends that will pull them up and not down. I mean, you tell me who your kid's posse is, I'll tell you who your kid is. You tell me, as an adult, if you ran tonight right now, Eric, and Keith, you ran with the wrong posse, you put some powder up your nose, you might not be around tomorrow either. You know, so That's right. family and friends are incredibly important, and you have to make a stand as a parent. You've got to say to your kid, you're not going out, you're not going to play with that kid. You just can't. I know it's tough, but mm-hmm. you've got to make that stand. And the third sure. F, I think, is very important, and it doesn't get enough play today, but I think kids need a faith, a moral compass, a sense of right and wrong. I mean, I don't care what religion you are. As long as you don't want to kill me, we are cool. But you've got to have a faith system. How do, you, how do you make your good decisions out there today? Unfortunately, many of our kids growing up today uh, don't have that. And when you don't have that, then other things look really good, like sex and drugs and violence and gangs. Right. You know, a Absolutely. person joins a they join a gang because they're looking for a family. They're looking for love, respect. And that's why until they get a better family, they're not going to pull out of the drugs, you know. It's really mm-hmm. kind of basic. We all want the same kind of things. We want recognition and love. And, and you know, the kids are going to find it whichever way they can. Today, because of the media and uh, instant gratification, it's all different. I, I tell the kids, as, as you did, Eric, I'm so old that I, I wasn't a gang, but I'm, I'm so old we used our hands. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It was, and to think to kill somebody, why would you want to kill them? And today it's right. just, you know, whether, you know you're, I, I think if you're a good kid, 
you know, you can listen to the music, you can watch, the, you can play Grand Theft, you can do all those things because you have a solid foundation with the three F's. But let's say you don't have that foundation out there. You don't have a family, you don't have friends, you don't have a faith. Well, then all of a sudden those drugs look pretty good. Pretty soon that gang looks pretty good. And, you know, that's... If you ask me, that's our problem today, that our kids do not have this foundation of a family and friends and the faith that would let them mm-hmm. be able to deal with all these things up here today. And be, be, for me, for, I, I see some people today taking, they, they, they have kids, it's kind of like a part-time job. You know, right. people don't realize this is a full-time job. You know, you've got to give it everything you can. You know, in the end, all you've got is memories. You've got to put your time with your kids. But the people want to buy things for their kids. And that's not what it's about. So people want to blame things on their kids. I think you've got to throw some blame over on the adults who are, because I, I think in the way I live, what you permit, you promote. And so if you go out and let these kids do this kind of stuff, uh, this is going to probably, you know, you're saying it's okay to do it. You know, mm-hmm. usually when I go out and talk to parents, parents are going, okay, nice talk, but give me some tips to deal with the next crisis. So I have, I just thought about four or five things. Would you like me to tell you what they are? Um, Usually after a crisis, parents say, and this could be anything from like the abduction in Cleveland where those three girls were found after 10 years, or it could be after a a tornado in Oklahoma, or it could be after yesterday in spring middle school. A couple tips for parents. Number one, turn off the television. The television Mm -hmm. has a way of smashing that news in. After 9-11, I remember going out to an elementary school, talking to kids, and then one of the kids put up his hand and said, Doc, why did they run 100 planes into that building? They had watched it so many times. So that's one thing. Turn off the television. Second of all, when kids are all upset, keep routines. Routines are very positive. You know, keep things going the same way. Try to, as much as you can, keep a routine. They're very, they make people feel comfortable inside. Right. Now, number three, no matter what, try to assure your kids they're as safe as you can make them. I mean, mm-hmm. the days are gone when you can say they can be safe all the time, but, but tell me you're going to keep them as safe as you can. Number four is huge. Control your emotions. You know, people get mad. They throw things at the television, kick the wall. You know, you can have anger. If you have anger and fear, you've got to keep it inside. You can show concern, but anger and fear and tossing and swearing, that's a bad example for your kids. You really want, mm-hmm. you don't want to be doing that. Probably the most important, I think, though, guys, is when there's a crisis, we all, as an adult, figure we've got to go in and tell those kids what they need to know right now. My advice to adults is stop, look, and listen. That's great. That's perfect, perfect timing. I don't know if we got all those in, but I want to remind everybody, please go visit Dr. Steven Sroka's website. Dr. Sroka, thank you for visiting us today. We're out of time. Uh, Go to his website. Give him a call. Contact him. Thank you so much for visiting with us today. Eric, quick thing. Hug your kids and tell me you love them. Hug your kids kids and tell them you love them. That's a great way to end it. We'll make sure and edit that in. We'll get all that, won't we, Keith? All right. All right, guys. Hey, thank thank you you so much again. Perfect. Great job. Okay, Till next time. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, travel safely.